This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiancé Rahap Podcast, all aboard the Hot Mess Express, because we've got a good one here for you today. I am your host and conductor, Priyazan Bikili, ready to talk all about 90 Day Fiancé the Other Way, Season 3, Episode 6. We had a lot this episode to go through, so naturally I had to bring someone who could make sure we do this episode justice. It is the one, the only the host of the Love and Hip Hop Atlanta podcast. It is Sasha Joseph back with us today. Sasha, how are you doing? Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be here. What? The season has been wild. And I think we're on episode six. I don't even know what episode, but oh my God. It's amazing show, amazing season. So happy to be back on, you know, like I feel like this is my show now where I, this is my podcast. This is my show. So excited. Always a pleasure to have you here, Sasha. And honestly, I think you landed probably the strongest episode yes. since the premiere for me. <laughs> I thought there was a lot of meat on the bone here because, and it's clear we're setting up for more stuff later. But if, if, okay, so let's go to the end of the episode real quick. So did you mm-hmm. notice how they didn't say next time on? Yes. They said still to come. Yep. So <laughs> I was like, Wait, are we on hiatus now or is this you just doing something different in your speech? Because man's got to know. So let me go quickly look here. Okay. No, we're going to have another episode. We're fine. We're fine. Everyone. Yeah. No, I remain calm. We're good. <laughs> no, in my heart, I feel this because same with love and hip hop. We were just talking about this where I'm like, okay, is this going to be a two part reunion? One part? Where do I look like? Okay. Let me go on the calendar. <laughs> It's they don't I feel like they don't they just give us all the details like I need no. the details, please. It's like, hello, um, I got a podcast to run. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a problem. <laughs> but no, they, this was a very good episode. We yes. did see only five couples this episode. So which I don't mind. Honestly, this might be a good indicator that if you show all six, you're not going to give us enough for many mm-hmm. of these people. Whereas with five, I felt like it was a good number. Yeah, I um, I very much agree with you. I actually don't like Corey and Ever- Everly, but it's not even that I don't like them. Let me rephrase. I'm bored by them. I find them to be meh. I think their storyline is nice. It's like interesting. But besides that, I'm just like, cool. I'm like, okay, this is like a thing happening to you. Um, but I, I don't care about them. So I'm, I'm, this was perfect. And I'm so glad that this is the one I showed up for. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think that's a hot take. Corey and Evelyn kind of suck. Um, 
The biggest intrigue for them is going to come in the still to see. So next time on mm-hmm. the next time we see them, because the one thing I will say about them before we jump into the first couple here yeah. is that we are going to see Corey show his whole ass and meet up with Jenny in person. Jenny being the woman that he was with during the so-called break with him and Corey or with him and Evelyn. Yeah, what a big dummy, right? Like, we know Corey's not the brightest of the bunch. Like, we've known this since we met him. Like, I don't even know how long ago. And, you know, because he's been funneling money basically to her. I remember the scene where, right, we got all those Victoria's Secret bags, all of those things when Evelyn was going back home. Uh, so that's why I was like, he been a sucker. So at this point, I'm over watching the sucker. Like, move on. It stops being fun. After a while, because you just, you know, it's like, ha, you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb. Oh, now I feel bad for you. That's how Mm -hmm. dumb you are. Like that, you don't want to get to that stage. No, and they're both like awful. That's the issue. It's like, it's not that I could be like, oh, okay, this is like sweet. You know, they're really trying. How cute that they're moving, you know, forward in their relationship. No, it seems like they're scamming and I'm kind of over them. Well. I'm interested to know if you're over this first couple we're going to talk about today. Please, please take it away and (laughs) tell us what's been going on with Sumit and Jenny this episode. So, you know, I just, this is, I have a lot of gripes to TLC. I'm like trying to be nice. You know, that's why I'm stumbling y'all because it doesn't come natural. But, you know, it's, why do they constantly have to show either monkeys or cows every single time they go to India? Like, we don't have other things going on besides monkeys or cows. Every scene, if you've noticed, and shout out to my cousin who pointed this out, but um, they have either a monkey or a cow. And then, secondly, Jenny and Sumit are literally standing in ruins. Like, why? There isn't anything else in Delhi that they can show except, like, ruins? <laughs> Yeah, they don't really go far with the innovation. It's kind of like, let's, what are the, what are the like repeated stuff that people would expect from other TV shows that they've seen? All right, let's just focus on that and let's not show yeah. any of the sites. I don't like <laughs> having Jenny and Sumit go stand somewhere to take a picture and it being like that. I don't, I don't fancy that. Right. I just, I just want folks to know that there's like better things in Delhi, in India in general, uh, than whatever the hell they're showing. So, okay. I just, I needed to get that off my chest. You know, I'm adding TLC here. But anyway, let's, you know, start where, you know, our couple is taking a walk in the park. Uh, submit still sucks. What's new? And Jenny. I know Twitter noticed this. That has a shirt that says, Hey, you don't you give up. Yeah, I I did see that. I was like, Jenny, it's ironic that you're like, you are the poster child for this right at this point. You're just really not giving up on this relationship whatsoever. And I see it. Exactly. It's like, Jenny, hang it up, bro. But anyway, I digress. Um, you know, so we get a recap, right? Here's what happened. La la la. Uh, So Jenny said, okay, so like, there was also a call. What's going on? And then turns out for what Sumit tells us is that his mom ended up blaming his dad for everything to say you can't control your son from being with Jenny. So it's now your fault because apparently only his dad maybe raised him. I'm just kidding. That's not true. But that's the vibes. You know, mom is putting out here. 
And then turns out mom also said, if you don't come back, I'm going to make your life a living hell. If I'm not happy, I won't let you be happy. Yeah. So the, they definitely did move the needle with them to Mm -hmm. very much indicate Mama Sumit is definitely the one that's more upset about this yeah. relationship. Not that um Papa Sumit is I don't I don't know why I'm saying it like this, but Papa Sumit I mean we don't know their um, names. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um I think he also is against it, but clearly mm-hmm. not enough that he's willing to go scorched earth on exactly. his son. She's just like, "No, I refuse. This is not okay." I did like the Hearing Sumit mention that, you know, she would have seen his ex-wife as like a daughter figure mm-hmm. definitely gives me some insight as to how she maybe looked at the ex-wife and now sees that she doesn't have that or believes she can't have that with Jenny for whatever reason. So it's definitely interesting for me to see that. However, um, I felt like we kind of went in circles again a little bit because we didn't see much else go down. We did learn about um Sumit having an eight-month-old sister who passed away mm-hmm. and that that could have also been a thing. I think we got more insight into Sumit's mom wanting a daughter is basically the way I saw it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Where I ended up, you know, in my notes just talking about there's a lot of trauma it seems mm-hmm. like in, you know, their whole family's life. I don't, Summit kind of is like coddling his mom saying, you know, she suffered the most. And, you know, I'm not, I don't have children, but, you know, it, everyone suffered, right? Even Summit lost a, a sibling, right? Even though he was maybe young, he was maybe two years, right? Cause they were only eight months or sorry, a year apart. And she was eight months when she died. You know, there's a lot of trauma here. And I'm, I think, struggling with Simit's mom, because I think from what we're hearing from this conversation is that he, you know, Sumit's telling us this, I want to make that clear, is that it seems like that, you know, his dad has always been like, we're going to keep the peace, like we're going to lie or appease mom in whatever way we need to. And I think it's because of this trauma and it's because of this pain that she went through, which in the long run doesn't like work. And I think Sumit is finally being honest, which is causing a lot of suffering for everyone, which as an Indian child, like I have seen this happened with a lot of families, unfortunately, where I think all of a sudden, you know, you like I've, you know, I see this with my friends where they don't tell their parents anything. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, I'm ready to now date, you know, or like marry this person. And then their parents are like, what? I didn't even know you were dating. And now we thought you would, you know, marry someone that we picked for you. And then, you know, it unleashes this like whole uh, waterfall of emotions and all of this stuff when if you would have been honest and, you know, almost quote unquote rebelled when you were 16, maybe you wouldn't be here in this first place. So I sympathize with Summit because like, I know a lot of folks do this and it's just don't do it, man. It's so hard in the long run. I definitely have seen this as well mm-hmm. in, you know, in different places in my family where the mentality is very much just, you know, just let it be. Just ignore it. It's fine. Like you let them have their way, which is a great temporary measure. Mm -hmm. Long term, it causes this right where once because if someone just let me have my way with everything at some point, I'm like, wait, why can't I have it my way? That's ridiculous. Like you're used to that. So this is definitely breeded. I think this mentality with um, Samit's mom 
However, the, that's not to take away from the trauma that she's very no. clearly felt uh, through all this. And um, it's interesting that also Sumit mentions that maybe, and I love that Sumit keeps hypothesizing, <laughs> given that he hasn't talked to him. It's like, I think the other thing, Jenny, is that maybe my mom could see, you know, you might be someone, it could be seen as someone who helped me get divorced. Like that could be a thing to me. Sometimes the way Sumit talks is him trying to find logic and reason to not get married. And this was again, another moment of like, Hey, this might be why we're having hardship. Hundred, oh my God. Oh, this is why like, I'm trying so hard not to like go in on this man, but we, he don't want you. I'm sorry. Like he is just not that into you. He's, I don't believe that he's going to leave his whole family, his extended community, whatever for you. Like, look at, you know, what he's doing. He, this man, you think Steven's a red flag? No, this man has been a red flag for 10 years of your life, Jenny. I think that he's just waiting till she passes and maybe she, he going to get the social security because this is just. I, I don't know how this is making any sense to Jenny. And I'm mad at Jenny's fa- fa- family that is not shaking her, like some sense into her. And last thing, India don't do dual citizenship. So what are you going to do, Jenny, once you get married? Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we call that a choice. A choice, Jenny. Where are you going to go with that? Well, it's interesting because uh, the other thing is for the next time on, Sasha, we do see mm-hmm. that two things, two major things are going to happen in this storyline, which I'm not ready for. Okay. Number one is I don't know how we're going to get there, but Jenny and Sumit are going to be living with Sumit's mom and dad. So I like really thought about this a lot because I was like, okay, like what, you know, because obviously we have to talk about it a little bit on this podcast. So I think that. You know how she said, if I can't be happy, I'm going to make your life a living hell. That That's what's happening. And I think that's why Mama Summit has decided to show up. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. And like, they're they going to tell us, I think, other reasons. <laughs> I think they'll say, oh, it's COVID. We want to be close to our son. Uh, you have another son. Did you forget about them? And did yeah, you forget it, it, that she could be your daughter? And, and they're expecting a baby. They have a yeah. grandkid on the way. Go, I go love it. Them. It's so petty. It's so petty because the scene we see is she's helping Jenny <laughs> cook something Some and it's just, yeah, and it's just speaking in Hindi to her like, yeah, you, you're good for nothing. You can't do anything. <laughs> I'm like, damn, it's bold because like, you know, it's to her face, but she has no idea what's no. being said. <laughs> so it's oh, so yeah. petty. I'm, it's I'm, so bad. I just, I can't stop laughing at this because again, like it's that like mother Indian mother-in-law trope where, you know, you can't make round rotis is like the, you know, the reason why a lot of mother-in-laws will drag the daughter-in-laws. I, I've seen that happen. Definitely. I will say it almost, almost happened to me. Same moment where it's like, Oh, why aren't your, you know, rotis round? But, you know, I looked at her and I was like, but you can eat them, can't you? <laughs> and yeah, then thankfully never... my husband stepped in and was like, she makes other great food. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been one. Like, if a food isn't in its correct form, I'm not upset. Like, if if someone gives me a samosa and there's slightly a little bit more crust past the triangle, I'll still eat it. It's still a samosa. Like, I'm exactly. not going to I'm not going to down this hill like. 
that is an imperfect samosa. No samosa is imperfect. You hear me? They're all good. Yeah. Thank you. And that's my point to these mother-in-laws out there. Get your life together. But <laughs> it's just so funny to me. Like, I was like, not this like Indian, you know, TV show trope where it's like, oh, the mother-in-law's yelling at the daughter-in-law about the damn rotis. Like, stop it. Stop it. Like, be better. Oh, my God. Be better, please. The other thing we see <laughs> is, um, is Sumit kind of putting his foot down where Sumit says, I want to marry you, but don't force me. Things take time. Sir, it's been a decade. It's been a decade. Music that was in in 2010 does not hit in 2020. Like, what you mean? Change. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Hey, some of them. It's some hey. of them. Sometimes I'm on my, I'm listening to my all out 2000s uh, yes, playlist. And then a song comes on on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. And then a song comes on and I'm like, ooh, skip. I can't. No, oh, it's not, true. Not, not sticking true. anymore. Not sticking true. anymore. But I feel like. Sumit and Jenny's relationship was never a bop for it to be still a nostalgic banger. Like they're not at that level. They've never been at that level. Yeah. The man catfished her. You think like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's built on a house of lies, Jenny. What? <laughs> I, I cannot like the, when people say ride or die, the, like Jenny is like going to be, a, you know, if you look up ride or die in urban dictionary, it's going to be a picture of Jenny. Cause she, she's right until the wheels fall off at this point. And I, it's embarrassing, girl. Like, it's so embarrassing. She's too loyal to Samir. Yeah. Like, too loyal. And the problem is, and we've said this before, we'll say it again with Jenny. I feel bad for her, but also she's staying. She has no, like, she's mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. signing up. She's like, it's like, oh, I'm, I fully signed up to do this, but I also, could leave, but I don't want to. Like you can leave, but you not don't want to. And then the one other scene we see with them on the on the this season on is mm-hmm. Jenny. Is she back at the temple? Yes. So that yeah, and it seems like she's back at the Hare Krishna temple. I forget the name. Um, and the Iskon. Iskon. Yes, thank you. And it seems like that lady there is like girl. The leave most him. Empowering woman ever. Queen. She, <laughs> which is, I will say, this is no shade to like any Hindus, but like Krishna had many wives. So fascinating. Um, that this is, you know, the, the, the advice we're getting from a Krishna devotee, but it's okay that he did have a main, I guess. And they do say, you know, don't, <laughs> if he'll leave you, uh, then once you leave him, he gonna make the decision. So, girl, it's time. I'm waiting. I'll help Jenny out. I live in California. Like, well, Jenny, what you need, girl? I- I'm here for Come you. Come through. It's, <laughs> I need it. I need, I need her to win her relationship back. I feel like for too long, Sumit's been in the power position because it's all on him to, you know, propose and he's holding mm-hmm. back. He's not doing that. I need her to leave and shift the dynamics back. I need him begging and pleading. I need him to be in the position where he has to, because like right now he doesn't need to make the choice. He'll never need to make the choice for as long as Jenny will still stay there. So he doesn't need to propose. He doesn't need to put his foot down. And I don't think he ever will. I feel like we're both on the same page here, 
but I want him to squirm a little bit. I need it for my genes. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I think that cement is number one gaslighter. I think he comes off as like this, you know, like chill. Oh, I love Jenny so much kind of dude. But I think he gaslighting her because he wants his cake and eat it too. And oh my God, I cannot imagine the hell that's going to rain on Jenny when the his parents are living with them. Like, she's older than them. Like, I want folks to remember that. And, like, she doesn't need that kind of stress in her life. And and here's the thing. I've, you know, I've stayed with in-laws and, you know, family members of my partner. And it's even when you're in good, in a good space. We're, like, very, very good relationship. Like, everything's great. It can still be draining. So when it's awkward and it's in another language that you don't know and they don't like Mm -hmm. you, it's got to be so uncomfortable in that house. Like I would not want to be there at all, at all. Exactly. I, again, like I said, it's not my parents' house, right? And I'm going to do it because I'm a good partner and we're going to make it work. (laughs) But yeah, it's not my parents' house. So like, it's just, it's a different kind of comfortability is what it comes down to. And it's just, oh, Lord, I just, I'm, I'm stressed for next week. Yeah, I'm not ready next week, the week after. It's going to be a roller coaster with them. And I feel like, though, this is when Jenny and Sumit's story gets juicy. Because up until this point, six episodes in, it's more of the same. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know if we can get married yet. I haven't decided. Oh, I can't. I don't have a passport. Oh, now I applied for a passport. Oh, like it's it's been a very, very small. It's going to pick up from here on out. So we'll see them when we see them next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now let's go over to the next couple here. They are a lot to handle. And quite frankly, I do not have the spa set up to deal with this myself. Let's talk yes. about in Binium here. Oh my God. Not this. Okay. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> really, we start, you know, Avi is struggling. Poor kid has a hernia, man. Cause we get that they're going to, you know, the doctor's office. And then 
Ari just in the cab goes, don't you just love Avi so much? It's a weird thing to say. It's like, <laughs> of course I love my baby. I feel like that's a given. Why we? That's what, the whole what? point of your storyline, yeah. dude. <laughs> and then, you know, they're um, going to the hospital because unfortunately Ari is stressed. You know, she hopes that it's just her first mom, you know, stress instead of something real. And they're also worried that this kid going to pee on the doctor again. Apparently, that's Which something. It, <laughs> it happened. The baby peed on the doctor yeah. twice now. And it's like, how is this planned? How is baby Avi so on point and clinical with this? How is baby Avi planning this? I don't know. But then the whole reason they're going to the doctor is because of a ball. The, the, the baby, when the baby cries, Avi's getting a bulge in the crotch region. Mm-hmm. And then we find that, oh, it's a hernia and oh, surgery is going to be needed. The doctor said it's so calm though. I think I would have fallen out of my chair. If I heard that, it's like, yeah, you're going to need surgically removed. What? Well, I'm a <laughs> well, I baby. Like the doctor should be calm, right? If the doctor's yeah, panicking, true. I'd freak out double. I'd be like, already I was on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm spiraling. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, you know, Benny. Um, so then Ari starts talking about, listen, I think I need to talk to my mom. And maybe we need to go to the U.S. Because I don't, you know, I think that doctors there are better. La, la, la. And then Benny says, you need to trust the doctors here in Ethiopia and, you know, calm down. First, if somebody told me to calm down, I just, I wish they would. I wish. Yeah, I feel like it's okay. So initially I was like, okay, Ari is clearly saying she does not trust the medical help here. She mm-hmm. wants to go to the States and she's going to talk to her mom first. Later. She cites insurance purposes. Oh, my insurance will cover it. So that'll cost less money. I thought, okay, from that perspective, I get it. But we'll get into why, 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 why this was a bit of a mess of a situation for both parties involved. I think both Mm -hmm. of them have had some bad moments here today. Yeah, 120%. Because, of course, you know, she says, Benny says, you know, let's talk about it. Like, We'll figure it out, la la la. And then, you know, we get to the barber shop, right? Like it's chill. We're living our best life. And then did you hear our boy Benny say, no, this is a different white woman. Yep. Yep. So they're at the barber and Benny is talking to the barber. He's like, Yeah, her, yeah, no, she's not the same person. She's a different one. And the barber's like, Oh, oh, okay. Okay. If you have to specify, like, my guy, come on. Also, I've never in my existence thought about going to the barber with my partner. I feel like no. I there's not there's like what are they it's so boring. Like what are they going to do sit there? I guess they found a way to do something here. But <laughs> this is where I feel like again Ari's a little shady. Mm-hmm. Ari two days have passed since the doctor, right? Yeah. Ari has since talked to her mom and decided basically, hey, I'm going to go to the states for the surgery. And has not told Benny about it. Benny is just, you know, sat down at the barber's chair. He's getting a cut. And Ari decides, well, I'm, I'm struggling with something that I need to tell you, but I don't know. I'm going to go to the States. And immediately you see the look on Benny's face. He is not, he doesn't want to do this. He does not want to do this at all. He's very sad. And my initial thought, Sasha, and tell me if we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. She 100% did this in a public space so that he couldn't 
argue back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He even says, I have shame. And that's why she mm-hmm. did this. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> like, Vinny with the lines, man. I am confusion. Now this. It's just 100% she did it. Why would she come to the barbershop with him? Because she even says, oh, this barbershop must be really popular. They obviously have nothing to talk about at this damn barbershop. Because if that's what the hell you decided to talk about, talk about his hair, maybe. Talk about his fresh cut. I don't know. But this is what you choose to talk about. And then she starts crying out of nowhere. Not you crying in the club, girl. What? Get it together, ma'am. So I agree. I think it was shady. I think it was premeditated, as they say. She did it on purpose. And he was not having it, though. (laughs) Yeah, he was not having it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm conflicted. And I'll explain why. Because the one Mm -hmm. other element we've left out here is that she wants to go. He is clearly hesitant, but then she tells him, so I'm leaving in a week, though. I already booked the ticket. This is where my problem is. Yes, agreed. Not the sequel to, yeah, I hung out with Leandro for a couple days in Jersey, but it's not a big deal, so I didn't tell you. I bought a ticket. I didn't tell you. That I'm not cool with. Okay? So, Biniam mm-hmm. has 100% the right to be upset about that part. The fact that you didn't even discuss it with me. You just made the decision, it feels like. Yeah. The part that I do not like with Biniam is he constantly keeps, you know, obviously this goes back to what we said about Sumit's mom, the trauma. He's mm-hmm. clearly traumatized by the last time this happened, right? He had a, he has an ex-wife who went to go to the States with their kid and was supposed to come back, doesn't come back. So he's clearly traumatized by that. And obviously that makes him nervous, but I do not like that. He basically puts that trauma on Ari's neck. I feel like Ari doesn't get treated as a separate entity enough. So I don't love that. Now I would still, if I'm him and I'm keeping them separate, here's the funny part. I'd still be a little bit shaken because of the Leandro stuff. And then this sudden departure, but that's, That should be separate. I don't like that he keeps citing the ex-wife and the baby from the previous marriage. Yeah, that is my biggest issue. Like I said, I'm not an Ari fan. I think what she did was shady. Mm -hmm. Why book the ticket without your telling your partner? Like, because because it seems to me that they, him and his sisters, which come up later, all kind of were like, well, the end of the day, they shrug. And it's like, well, we can't really tell you what to do. So why not just tell them? So I want to, okay, leave that aside now. I feel that he's him and whoever else that comes with him are one seeing her almost just an extension of his child where it's like, well, I don't want you to take my baby, my baby, my baby. It's not even about her. That That's mm. one. So to me, it's like do, if she sends the baby back and she st- stays in America, would they really care? That's my number one question. And then secondly, why are you holding her hostage? How will you know that she's going to come back if you never let her leave? You at least need to try once, my guy. Like, I don't know. It really scares me, for lack of a better word, that they're kind of putting that much pressure on her. Good on Ari for, like, having, you know, strong convictions for really still um going. I, again, I, I'm not even talking about like going because America has better surgery options. I just mean, to me, it seems like she actually needs to go so that this family will lay off her back. Yeah. No, and, and honestly, that's the thing is that I think all of us from the outside looking in can clearly see 
she is 100% going mm-hmm. for the baby surgery and there's no malice or scheming going on otherwise. She's not planning on yeah. abandoning him whatsoever. So we can all see this. And I feel like the more and more uh, uh, Binyam and his family keep pushing her and keep putting that previous judgment on her, the more strain it's causing their marriage anyway, yes. which is not a good thing for them. Because I can see the path where the, him and Ari and Avi can be a happy family, but it will, what would be required is that they both let go of their past. She lets go of the fact that she gave up on Leandro and maybe she regrets. He needs to uh, put aside the fact that his ex-wife abandoned him yes. and that these, this is now, this is what our reality is and we are happy. Let's focus on that. They need that and they don't have that right now. Yeah, it's just, it's very frustrating to watch because again, feelings are real and that, you know, percept, that makes perception reality. But unfortunately, give her a break. Like she left her whole life to come see you and live with you. What is your issue? Just take a breath. And I don't, I forgot if we noted this, but Benny can't go to America because there's no tourist visas. So um, that's another reason why like they can't go as a family. But again, it's okay. Her family should be able to see their kid too. You know, like if nothing else, what if she was going just to visit the family? Right. Like she should, you know, let the other grandparents see the baby. And yeah, no, I 100% agree with that as well. See, that's interesting because I feel like the more we're talking, it seems like we're team, um, Ari, which I don't think either of us are, but in this specific instance, I don't see a big of a deal at all with the decision to go back. The only qualm I have is you should have talked to him before you bought the ticket. That's the only thing I care about from that side, truly. So then Binium gets mad. Obviously, he's very like, you know, he's starting to feel things like he said he has shame, so he's not going to make a scene. He leaves. Okay. He walks away from the barbershop. And he, you know, goes about his way to like cool off. Then later, um, the next scene we see, Biniam is on his knees and he's begging her not to go. And this is yes. in the middle of the street. He's oh. just, he so doesn't want her to go. And Ari says, okay, let's do a video call with my mom. And you can talk about that. You can talk about all this with her and see if you still feel like you don't want me to go. Like, let's have a discussion, basically. Mm-hmm. And Binyam in his confessional says what we've just been saying. He's mostly scared because she didn't tell him about the ticket. You know, so from that direction, I get it. Again, it's like if you're not told about the ticket, then it got got. What if you're not suddenly not going to tell me about something else? But it's the water's muddied with the previous relationship and the family. So we'll just move on from that real quick mm-hmm. and um, go over to it's two days away from Ari leaving to go to the States. Yeah. And. They um. <laughs> do you want to set this one up? You said you should set this one. Oh up. my Go god! <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're you know going to a spa. Which listen, always down for a spa experience. Let's go, everyone. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, but you know Ari says, um, you know we go into the spa, but baby said I need to tell the sisters that I'm going to America. I thought it was a wrap. I thought they, there's no way the spa is going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't go all the way to the spa and not get a treatment, though. Like, oh, period. News. I need, I need the spa treatment to maybe take the bad news. <laughs> yeah, because then you know they show up again. I'm sorry that you know I'm being so like a literal word for word, but this is so funny. The literally the sisters are waiting outside. Ari shows up. They say you're late, and then Ari, Ari goes, "Yeah, but it's Ethiopia. Everyone's late." They go, "But you aren't Ethiopia." <laughs> It's so shady. Like you're not Ethiopian, so you should be on time. <laughs> yeah, it's just like from the start. It's but she's Jewish. Hello. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it's just constantly. It's like they do not let up on her. Like that's what I don't understand. To me, it's like they constantly sisters. These sisters, she is so nice to them. She does like with Benny. I'll say like I think they have a lot of issues together. But her versus the sisters, I'm like, oh, my God, can someone be on her side? Like one person at least. But it's okay. It's fine. Someone needs to be. (laughs) God. And then, you know, but they show up to a traditional spa, y'all. And then you have, you know, there's, we get, we get this. Okay, I'm setting the scene for y'all. Because we show up, there's a stool with a hole in it, and there's some smoke going up the hole. Okay? You have to sit, you have to sit in said stool. Because the snow smoke needs to go inside her. Yep. That is the spa experience. One of it. <laughs> and then they're going to be wrapped up in with, you know, this amazing, like, lush-looking blanket to make sure the mm-hmm. smoke stays where it needs to be. And my favorite was her sister, sorry, Benny's sister is just saying, open your legs more. The smoke needs to go in. Open your legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was part of it. The other part was yeah. um to moisturize the head, mm-hmm. they used butter. And then to moisturize the face, they used a combination of coffee and honey. Yeah. These are, I feel like, uh, sorry, not butter, but coffee and honey, It like, if you look up homemade face masks, these are, like, mm-hmm. things you use. Coffee yeah, is I've an exfoliant. Yeah. So this is like the most normal thing to me. But of course, Ari looks wild. I just want to make it clear. She looked like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like an animal? I don't know. She looks a mess because it's like coffee, honey with butter in her hair. And And the the butter's melting because of the smoke too. (laughs) And then they keep putting her head into the blanket to get, you know, the smoke. And because I'm assuming it like probably helps open up your pores. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. So because I remember um, it's like one of those vapor machines, right? Yeah. Where you yeah. To get a steam. Put something over the yeah, yeah, like the steam mm-hmm. thing. I'm assuming um, it was fascinating. It was a fascinating way. Yeah. My whole worry, though, was that would it get too hot under the blanket, like with the heat? Like, is that too close proximity to the body? But I'm guessing not because everyone was just chilling. So it must have been comfortable, like mm-hmm. the perfect temperature. Yeah, and and they did say like the smoke helps tighten your cervix, which you know, as someone that's had a child, it makes sense for her, and she she actually ends up liking it. It's just, mm-hmm. I think she also wishes they told her ahead of time, but you know, pot calling people black, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's time, and you know, I'm holding on to my couch at this point because it's time for her to tell tell him what's going on because. She says, you know, hey, I do need to tell you something. I'm going to America in two days. Yeah, they were not happy with this at all, at all. There's a combination. It was interesting. So there was a combination of, well, you know, the ex-wife did this. She said, but I'm not Mm -hmm. the ex-wife. 
But then it was very clear that both of the sisters were very worried because of the last time they hung out with yes. Ari. Because remember, Leandra was there, Ari was there. It did not go well. They were being very shady. Mm-hmm. And they're worried now that that might have caused her to want to leave. And they said stuff like, well, if you hate, like, if you hate us, like, that's fine. But please don't take away Avi from us. I think that was a big concern for them was they don't want to lose out on having Avi as part of the family and they didn't want it to be on their accord. So there was a combination of that and obviously the past also creeping in. But it was very interesting because they weren't angry. They were more so like close to tears, it felt like. Yeah, uh, the younger sister especially seemed to really just say, listen, whatever you do, you're going to come back, right? This was almost the first time I've seen them be vulnerable and not um, not like on the attack. This was the first time where they were like, we just want you to come back and listen. I know whatever we happen, we need to see Avi. Please let us see Avi. Like that's just what they seem to be so stressed out about. And then the last thing is they did say uh he would break if you don't come back. Like he'll go like he'll go wild. And I think that they have a lot of trauma too because they must have helped, you know, put their brother back together. Yeah, well, I think they've definitely seen that side of him, which we do mm-hmm. see in the next time on. There's yeah. a there's a scene where uh Binium's just in complete meltdown with tears. So it's for sure something that um he's dealt with before and he's suffered with. I think his mm-hmm. sisters must have seen inside too. Yeah. But then it's interesting because I feel like the more they keep pushing and doubting Ari, the more likely she is to come back in a way, because I don't think she's ever going to want to prove them right. So it's it's a backwards way of it working. It's just so uncomfortable all around. So much doubt in this family, in these relationships that it almost feels like it shouldn't work out. But Mm -hmm. I think it will. Very much agreed. I I personally do feel that if they weren't sorry, if they were, you know, if Ari's family somehow was in the same area that Benny's family was, I would wish that they break up. Um, but you know, mm. do like a dual custody. I don't think that Ari is like necessarily in love with him, but I don't think that they're like bad couple either, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I don't think they're a bad couple either. Yeah. Um, honestly. But it's just, I don't, yeah, something, I think maybe it was Leandro's visit where I was just like, some math ain't math in here right now for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, there's one other scene where, um, Binium talks to Ari's mom on the video call and I didn't think there was a lot to look at here. It was basically Ari's mom you know, reassuring him, everything's going to be fine. I'll be here. Cause he was saying he was worried that, you know, Ari's going to be tired. There's no one to take care of Avi and the, you you know, you're going to be at work. And the mom was like, no, 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 I'll be there. I can assure you I'll be there. So Ari's mom did a good job of calming Binium down, Mm -hmm. but it was a bit of a nothing conversation as far as like recapping goes. Yeah. Very much agreed with that. I don't know. It's just, I'm stressed about this whole situation. And do you think that he did something? That's my question. Great setup. So the other thing we see, the Mm -hmm. last thing we see on the next time on is it's a video call between Biniam and Ari and Ari's alluding to like, you messed up the family, you did something. And then, then it's Biniam crying. Now I'm going to say 
he didn't do anything. Yeah, I don't and, think so yeah. either. It just feels like if he did something, they would not, not they would not give it to us in this segment. They would definitely hold on to it and give it to us later. Like the way they did with Corey and Evelyn, where mm-hmm. they didn't give us the full deets of that story and they put it in the episode. That's what I expect is going on. This is a double, this is a fake out, in my opinion. I yeah, think, I think he's petty, right? Like when he brought his own ex to dinner, but I don't think he's that stupid. He, in a in a position where he literally his biggest fear is his wife exactly. leaving and taking his kid, he's gonna put it in a compromising position. No, definitely yep. not. And I think she might be using it as an excuse, but at the end of the day, I, I yeah, I also don't think he did stuff. But I was watching that piece as well and being like, mm, T. Yeah, I want to know what destroying the family is, and we'll find that out sooner rather than later. Yes. Again, for me, this season, Ari and Binium have easily been my favorite couple to uh, watch this season. I've enjoyed seeing them on my screen. Yeah, I think they're giving us a lot. Um, Like, they're giving us all kinds of drama. Like, there's layers to this. Mm-hmm. So much more than a lot of these other couples, mm-hmm. which honestly... Perfect segue to talk about these other two, these next two couples that didn't give me a lot, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about the one that really didn't give me anything to care about. Let's go over to Ellie and Victor. Yeah. Okay. So Ellie and Victor, the last episode we saw a lot with them in that we saw the, the, the disaster, the hurricane left behind in Providencia and how difficult everything was going to, uh, was looking and how much it's going to take to restore everything to its normal self. And the big takeaway for me with Ellie and Victor is that Ellie believes that Victor is more enthusiastic about living on the island than she is. Um, mm-hmm. He wants them to pretty much move back now and start restoring. She does not want to move there until everything is set up. And this stuff is them talking separately. Then we also have the infidelity stuff that hasn't even come up yet, Sasha. Yeah, I I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, the whole situation is a mess because how do you get out of the cheating or, sorry, get out of this current disaster to even get to the other stuff? I I think I would feel like a bad person if I brought up his cheating because I would be like, we're literally don't have a house. Your family yeah. like, don't doesn't have anything. And I'm over here worrying about you cheating. Like, <laughs> I priorities, right? It's so it's really unfortunate. I want to say for Ellie, because I do think that her feelings are valid. Right. And like people should have the emotional capacity to hold everything, but not when you're in a natural disaster, I think. Yeah, I think that she's done the right approach where she's focusing on this first mm-hmm. and that stuff can be later. Cause yeah. the reason this comes up is because the one other, we saw two scenes with them. One was this scene about them talking about the living situation in the future. The second scene was she calls Hiromi, her best friend on voice call, video call and Hiromi keeps hammering home. Hey, I don't want to be that insensitive person, but what about the infidelity? And she said, honestly, I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it. So I think the priorities are in the right place with Ellie. I think Mm -hmm. she's doing everything the right way. And I'm intrigued with the two of them because I can tell based on the next time on, there is drama to mine in this couple. And there's going to be scenes where they're going to be arguing and in disagreement. We're just not there yet, which makes sense because like you just spent time saying, a disaster just happened. Who's going to want to have an argument in the middle of this stuff? There's way more important things going on than petty arguments. 
Yeah. And I think the only like scary moment for me is that they're not, you know, no pun intended, but not on strong foundation in their relationship. So to me, if you're not on strong foundation, uh, then, you know, how are you going to kind of go through this, right? Go through literally everything, like build your whole life back or his life back and your new life. Because she told us, you know, she was like, I just kind of wanted to start a bar on an island. And then this is like my life. <laughs> Again, someone on Twitter tweeted this, like, you know, she wanted to go live on the island. And I think it said, but she ended up like doing a humanitarian mission. But I, I think she's a trooper. She really loves him and she's doing the right thing. But but I, I also want to give her grace that this is not what she, you know, signed up for. And this like three days on three, whatever, how many of her days off is like, I don't know, sounds wild. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of emotions, a lot a big roller coaster to go through, both as a couple and then, you know, as someone who loves and cares about someone and their family to see all that go down is difficult. And I just, I, they're not on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. Which that's when they're going to have their first big argument. I imagine is when he says, okay, let's, let's go to the Island now. And she says, I'm not ready to do that yet. And that's going to be a problem for sure. Now in the next time on with them, we do see some scenes where, they are disagreeing and arguing about some money stuff. Mm-hmm. And Victor is like the one being mad and, and, you know, talking about how you're all oh, you, all you want back is your money. I'll give you back your money. And I feel like that, everything we've seen from Ellie, that doesn't seem to be the, like who she is. So I don't exactly. know where that fight's going to go. We'll see. But that leaves us with them. <laughs> Truly, they didn't have much to offer. <laughs> no. This week. Yeah, that's why, again, it's just a bummer because it's like you want to, you know, kind of talk through this couple, but they're like facing so much stuff. And I'm just scared for them because they're, again, this is the first time they're meeting in how long. And now you all of a sudden, you don't have to be like a ride or die for this man when you're not even like speaking the language or maybe she does, but you're not even acclimated, right, to to your area. And you just kind of have to finance it. Because, you know, she makes more money than he does currently. And I don't know. I think that's a lot of pressure on a new relationship. I agree. You know what else I just noticed? Um, When it comes to uh, what's it called? Uh, when it comes to uh, Ari and Binyam, and I don't want to go back there again, mm-hmm. but Ari also, we just like, you know, Binyam just found out that Ari ditched Leandro. And just yeah. moved on. So I can see why he's worried. I really can. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> no, that's what I mean. I think for Benny, he's just like, everything just happened. Leander just came here and now you're saying you want to go back. That's T. So I, yeah, no, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of like trauma from his past ex-wife and I think currently their relationship is not as strong because of Leandro and Ari's like weird friendship I do think the friendship is weird I just want to say that yeah I mean I've been vocal about I think you know you can be friends with exes but their friendship definitely seems like there's more Mm -hmm. and and it's on a not good level especially if your partner is uncomfortable I feel like you could make adjustments accordingly but we move you know, yeah, it's fine. Exactly. It's fine. 
Let's go over and talk about a relationship that just brings me joy every time we see them. Let's go to Kenny and Armando now. So where we pick up with them is Armando is going to start telling Kenny about everything that went on with his dad and mentions, well, dad's supportive. Everything's fine. The wedding plan is where he hesitated, where he said he'll get back to me later. Armando gets it, though. Armando Mm -hmm. fully says he understands, and Mari talked about this extensively last week, where they're still in the coming to terms phase, but they're clearly yeah. loving their son unconditionally, yeah. which is great. But they're still coming to terms with, you know, where their son is, what their son's choices are, et cetera. Unlike a certain Sumit's parents who are mm-hmm. like, yeah, we don't love you unconditionally. So fix yourself. <laughs> they are yeah. like, we love you. <laughs> we just have to cut. We have to. Get to where you are. We'll get there. It'll take time. Armando gets it. Kenny, however, doesn't necessarily see it the same. And that's what I'm like stressed about in this relationship where, um, and it's not just Kenny, it's Kenny and Cassidy. I feel like where I need them to take a moment. And, and I say this as a straight, you know, cis woman, like I, uh, you know, have a lot of privilege, right? Going into this world. So it's, I know that it's mm. not fair for me, but still it's, it's hard watching Kenny because I think Kenny's right that he doesn't want Armando maybe sliding back, but it's a hard, like understand cultural differences. I've, I do believe that his dad is trying and I think that they need to like kind of give it a moment. Also, I think that they're not like they, when I say they, I mean like the whole family, mom included is not giving the dad like enough, um, credit i feel like they're treating him with such kid gloves whereas i think that the dad is kind of like trying to like figure things out and he's he's making moves i feel but i don't know i I don't think you need to cover for him i don't think i think let him like feel his feelings and i think they should just be honest about it and i think armando like is there but i think kenny just needs to take a moment and understand what culture he's in yeah, well, I and I think that's the thing, right, with Kenny, where he's lived his life a, in a lot more of an open environment than Armando has. And he is the older one of the relationship. He is, mm-hmm. you know, been he has lived a more a life that was more open, more accepting, an environment that was more open, more accepting. So given his him also being older, I definitely do see his struggle with being like, Wait, what's the big deal? Why is this not just an easy answer? Um, he's a little less patient than many people would be in this instance. Mm. But I think that Armando's the perfect person to bring him down to earth when he needs to. But then it's interesting with Cassidy. So Deborah, who is Armando's sister and Armando's mom, take Cassidy and Hannah out to, um, look for dresses for Hannah, who's going to end up being the flower girl. And it was a very interesting exchange here because Deborah and the mom both like Cassidy Mm -hmm. and Cassidy, you know, was talking about how happy she was to see Armando's dad be happy and hang out and everything. And then this is where they talk. We talked about this on the next time on last week. This is where we hear about um, the mom and sister bringing up how they're still having a tough time with Armando being out and open and gay. They didn't know him this way because he used to have a wife and a life before all this, the changes a lot for them. And this is where Cassidy starts crying in the store and mentions, you know, 
I've just never been in an environment where people would not, and she puts air quotes, accepting mm. of, of what's happening. And I think there's a difference between, cause like clearly his family are accepting. Yeah. They're having a hard time being receptive. So it's a little different. I didn't like the word accepting there, but I got what Cassidy was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And how are they not being accepting if they're going flower, you know, girl shopping, like dress right. shopping? That's what I mean. Yeah. I feel like that was a bad choice of word from Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe I'm being mean and I acknowledge that, but I, I didn't appreciate Cassidy's tears either because, you know, I, I don't know, like, Life has, I'm sure, been hard for Kenny in Florida. It's not like you live in San Francisco. So I can't imagine that they've never faced anything. And not that I ever wish that anyone faces, you know, like discrimination. But it's just very interesting how Cassidy chooses to, you know, the stuff she's saying. And she's like, I just don't understand why they can't accept it. She says in her confessional, which is, again, very hard for me to wrap my head around. because. It's their culture. Um, is it right? I don't think so. But the point is that they are willing to do so much for you. They've accepted, you know, you in the house. Maybe they're just not open right now to a big wedding. And like, let's guide them there instead of, you know, being putting them on the defense by saying stuff like this. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Every time we talk about stuff like this, I try and put myself in in the shoes of the person. Mm -hmm. If I was in Cassidy's shoes, personally, Puya the person, I would not really be as open about my thoughts of like, even if I thought about the whole, you have just never been in an environment where people aren't like accepting. I would never say that because I'm like, it's not my, you know, it's not my thing to accept or. Uh, decide how quickly people need to accept or anything. So I don't want to speak on it. I don't want to put pressure on anyone. I don't want to make anything uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I'm a, I don't want to rock the boat type guy anyway. So that's how I would operate. Whereas with her, I, I did find it very interesting how open she was in sharing that with, with two people who she doesn't really know that well. But I mean, Hey, it, they seem to be, I think both, um, Deborah, and Armando's mom seemed yeah. to be very receptive to what she had to say, which I did like. They're clearly a more well-adjusted and harmonious family than, you know, Ari and Binyam's sisters are. So Exactly. And I think that's why I, I'm feeling a little bit more sympathy toward them because I think thing and it's not an excuse, but I think things could be worse, right? from everything and they're here saying listen we're not maybe okay with the wedding but that doesn't equal maybe we're not okay with you having the wedding we're just trying to wrap our minds around it because we've never been in this situation before so I just think that there's a way to deal with grace because it's because they're I think trying and I think Kenny and Cassidy need to take a moment especially and they need to follow Armando's lead what is Armando saying that's what they I, that's key I think you nailed it there I think they need to follow Armando's lead and I think they need to see it as hey this is a net positive that mm-hmm. it's moving in the right direction so that's great that's a good that's a plus I think they don't I don't think I, and I think they come from a place where they don't necessarily see just how big of a plus it is. Yes. The progression wise, because I feel like 
they're like, well, it's not done, so it's not good enough. Whereas I think it's done, it's it's getting there and it's it's moving at a great pace, it feels like. Yeah, and you and I have talked about this, right? Like Kenny needs to work a little harder on um understanding the culture. I feel like we talked about this the first time we saw them. And mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm saying that again, I feel, because <laughs> take a moment, you know, and just ah, oh, it's it it hurts my heart because I am on team Kenny and Cassidy, but I still don't think that we should, you know, villainize these people. And I don't think that they necessarily are, but pushing people is only going to make it worse. Like uh, Sumit said, (laughs) don't push. (laughs) Well, I think that's the thing, right? Is that we're team Cassidy and Kenny easily. We're Mm -hmm. team Armando and Kenny easily. They're the one couple we're rooting for, for sure. But I think we also come from a place where I think both I've, I've certainly yeah. mentioned this last week. I've come from a background where a lot of these things were, um, not, or were looked at negatively, were looked mm-hmm. at unacceptable. So I've certainly feel like I can see the progression probably more so than someone who might come from a more open and accepting exactly. environment. Yeah. So I get it. But in the words of Kenny himself, Paquito, make it a little Paquito, slow it down <laughs> a little bit, you know, just, just a yeah. Paquito. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Just, you know, a little bit. And I think things might get better. Um, because I also don't think it's fair to be like, and now we're going to have a big wedding, right? Because me, you're right. I think because we come from that culture, uh, that mm-hmm. we're just like, no, chill. This is so much better this is than so what good. things could have been. They could be so closed off and, yes. and negative. Like they're not, they're actually, the dad's crying. This is right? good. It's a good thing. He's and showing this- emotion. Yeah, and the sweetest moment. Oh, emotion, right, from dad. Uh, the sweetest <laughs> moment, though, uh, where our Ken, or sorry, Armando's dad gives Cassidy a necklace. I, I lost it. It was so sweet. It was so, so sweet. He gave Cassidy a little necklace, and this is where Kenny realizes, okay, there's more of glimmer of a hope here. He's more accepting of us. And then Kenny also jokes, well, where's my necklace? And they all have a good laugh. I thought that was great. Um, no, I mean, they're leaving now to go, yeah. you know, to go back. And I think I would rate this trip as a big plus because before this trip, they didn't have the dad in their corner. Kenny, I mean, Armando and, and his dad had not shared a, a intimate moment mm-hmm. and they did. They talked about their feelings, which they had never done before. And Cassidy got to meet the family and had great conversations with people and people got to see how her, uh, how Kenny and Armando are together. This was 1000% a great trip and I would rate it at a what 90? I'll say 90 out of 100. 100 would have been dad said yes I'll be at the wedding and that's it. But I think still a 90 is a very strong number. Yeah and I think it's, it's going to be a while. I maybe I'm in camp like dad w- might 90% might show up. Uh, it, I just need them to not treat dad with kid gloves and just say like, this is happening. We need you and we need you to get on board. Yeah. And yeah, I think dad will come if, if someone has that conversation. I just don't think they might have that conversation. Yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. So that's the, that's the good news. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The bad news is that we're going to end today talking about Steven and Alina. Oh, yeah. And spoiler alert, we have thoughts. 1,000%. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I almost don't even want to go in order with them. Yeah, Sasha. right? I kind of want us to bounce around because mm-hmm. it was so messy. Let's go with you start. You pick one of the segments that we saw them in and start talking about that. And we'll we'll connect it all together as we go here. Yes. I think we can talk about the first segment where... like, Because I think that like lays our foundation. Where they're on this walk and, you know, they're... uh. Alina's, you know, talking about how it was really painful and she's, you know, obviously stressed out that this man maybe is not in it for the long haul. Isn't sure if he wants to marry her. And then he starts with he has a little folder and he said, I have a companionship inventory that we should take. And uh, because now, sorry, I did. Of course, I skipped over. They are like living together. Um, I forgot that part. Uh, they did, you know. They got a bigger yes, apartment. Bigger apartment. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but they're still on a walk. Yeah, and he, they're gonna take a companionship inventory. Uh, it, it was very lackluster for me. I will say because all they talked about was what's a strength and then what is one weakness. Yeah, I feel like they definitely left a lot of it in the on the cutting room floor. If they did more <laughs> in this exercise. Yeah. And this exercise was pretty much literally something every couple goes through far mm-hmm. earlier than when they're going through it. So <laughs> it was very weird. And obviously it was like behind this, ma- like this um description of companionship inventory. Really, it's more of the conversation of let's see if our goals align and let's talk about what do you like about me most? What do I like about you most? And like name one negative thing about me, that kind of stuff, which we all have done. So. Yeah, which again, like I keep forgetting their age. It, it's age appropriate, unfortunately. I also think they're too young to get married, but who am I to say anything? And it, yeah, it was very weird because they, I think the strength, Stephen just says our strength is that we're willing to sacrifice for each other. Pretty sure it's not you sacrificing anything and weakness. And she just agrees. She kind of doesn't edit wise, at least doesn't say anything. And then the weakness. Uh, Alina does say that it's a situation with his girlfriends where he spends a lot of time with them and she doesn't like them. Female friends who he, um, quote unquote, used to date. And then he says, uh, used to date. Yeah. You know, we used to, uh, you know, didn't want to be exclusive. Did, what? He has not wanted to be exclusive, Puya, apparently until a month before they moved to Turkey. Oh. My God, hearing this infuriated me because God, so because up until this point, I thought maybe maybe there's like a language like lost in translation language barrier moment where he meant just hanging out with friends and she took it as he meant dates. But then he also said stuff like 
I went out with girls who are friends one-on-one, you know, like a date. And I'm like, that's not a date. That's you hanging out. Like if you're saying date, that's different. Mm -hmm. And then he mentions that he's been going on dates up until a month prior to them, you know, meeting up in Turkey, which huge red flag at this point. I'm like, okay, nope. You know what? Alina was hundred percent right in doubting everything with this guy for Mm -hmm. sure. And that is not great. We don't love that. And it only gets worse though. It only gets worse because, you know, so Alina also mentions, you know, how do I know you're ready for a relationship? What if you're hiding something? Like that is a thing that she's worried about and she's worried and she's afraid that her friend Masha will have found something. Let's go check in with Masha because that's going to happen. And Steven does respond to Masha. He doesn't leave it on red. He replied basically with, Hey, uh, so remember to set it up. What he had asked, Masha had asked was, Hey, the place you're at looks very nice. Like, like, what would you like, you know, talking about the space more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. We have the best snow in the entire world. It's better to come in the winter. And then Alina took it as he invited her to the States, which I didn't based on the the words they put on. But again, this could be something where in Russian, it sounds more invitational than the English translation. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I reminded it a few times to be like, did I miss something? I don't think he necessarily invited her, but I will say he did answer with, hey, smiley face. Why are you answering random Russian women's uh, anything anywhere? Hey, smiley face. Yeah. Calm it, calm it down a little bit. Why? Mm-hmm. Why does the smiley face need to be there? Huh? Yeah, especially Even. when you're out here doing dirt, like being a ratchet in these streets already. <laughs> um, and then on, oh my God, he's so annoying. Like he, he drives me crazy. Just the way who yet, I know you already said this, but like the fact that this man is this kind of gaslighter that was like, I mean, it was one on one sometimes that maybe was a date. What? Like, oh. Thanks for describing a date. Thanks for telling us how dates work, guy. It's not like she didn't know this already, but we haven't even dropped the bombshell, Sasha, to our listeners. I want to drop this bombshell on them. Okay. Do it. Do it. And, and it's going to be out of context because we'll probably go back and talk about some other stuff. But do y'all remember when we, when, when Steven told us, Hey, I am not a virgin. I've had sex before. Okay. That's one thing we find out (laughs) that. The sexing happened recently mm-hmm. because it's been with the people that he was dating a month prior to moving to Turkey. So this wasn't like a, ooh, I lost my virginity story. This was a full on like, yeah, I've been doing it recently. Yeah, it's he is for the streets. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just leave this man on the street. He'd been around the block and back. Like the neighbors know him. And it's just, it's infuriating. So I want to say he takes her, uh, sorry, she takes him wine tasting, right? And our boy is very stressed. He's like, listen, we're Mormons. We don't do drugs. We don't do alcohol. That, that's not a thing, but you know, apparently we do sex and he's constantly, you know, he's very reluctant. He said, okay, we can go. But we can taste the wine, but not swallow it. Okay. A taste and spit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here, here's the tea. Okay. Puya, if, if my, if anyone I was sitting across told me this, I would have chugged two bottles of wine in his face <laughs> and thrown so, the third one on his head. No, you know what? No, uh, why should you waste wine? Chug three bottles of wine. 
Yeah. So here's the thing, right? So clearly he was like, let's do an activity together. What would you like to do? And she was like, wine tasting. And we get a confessional where she says, you know, I used to, before I, once I started getting serious with with Stephen, I took upon myself the Mormon faith. And so I've abstained from drinking. I used to do like drinking, go drink with my friends, not to get drunk, get a little tipsy. So I do miss that. And she says the wine tasting and he does the whole, okay, but we have to split it. It's like, okay, cool. Up until this point, Sasha, I was like, that's fine. If they've both agreed to it, that's fine. But then what I saw in front of me with, with Steven's tongue getting in like, like a cat trying to drink water where they do the inverse tongue thing. And then the, 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 the thick spits, like it wasn't, it was like a thick, it wasn't like he's just like, you know, like pouring the water, the wine back into another cup. He's like full on spitting. And, you know, this is supposed to be a romantic date. This was repulsive. I hated this segment so much. There's something, someone in the world for everyone, right? So like, if you are stressed that you're single, look at Steven, look at him. If he can get somebody, so can you people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause this, this man looked like, Oh, I ordered a boyfriend and I got the wish version of it. Okay. That's what this man. This is. might even be, this is the Alibaba version. The yeah. wish version might have comes a little sooner with a little less, um, nonsense. He is Yuck. on another level, Sasha. I, and also when you go wine tasting, you are, there's a spittoon there. Cause that is what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to drink at all. Uh, it's cause, so, cause you're not supposed to get wasted, but he, oh, he just drives me so crazy. Like he was like, this smells so bad. Man, man why is your whole mouth? Tongue, nose, ear, you know, all this stuff in the glass then, if it smells so bad. Also, you can just have a little soda and you don't have to do the drinking. I don't, I don't drink wine. Like I get, if I'm drinking, like it's a shot or it's a water. So I, you know, I'm the designated driver when me and my friends go to Napa because I live so close and it's Mm -hmm. fine. Like you can eat the little bread that they put there and, you know, just like, yeah, have a soda, like calm down. These like self-righteous people can kick rocks. Like you're stupid. (laughs) And, and then he talks about Jesus had female friends, by the way. Let's not forget about that. Let's know, and we will not. So basically, Alina, during one of the conversations, says an ultimatum for us could be if you just stop talking to the to your girlfriend completely forever. And he said, I can't do that. They're friends of mine. And, you know, even Jesus had female friends. There's literally a quote from him. And then the compromise they got to is, okay, then maybe you just delete your social media. Mm -hmm. And he agrees to delete the social media. Okay. And again, not only have we found out, cause then he tells, she asks him, how serious were these dates? Do you went on? Did you kiss any of the girls? He said he did. Oh, so already I was like, I'm over you. And then in the middle of the wine tasting segment, we get a little confessional from him where he says he needs to tell Alina there's been a little bit more than kissing since they've met each other mm-hmm. because he had sexual relations. Okay. Clinton with some of those <laughs> other girls that I went on dates. I was like, I'm sorry, some of the other girls, because genuinely the way he said it, I thought it was just like, I'm not a virgin. You know, I had sex once. No, no, no. This is multiple. And this is after they had met after Sasha. Alina has literally been in a position where she's building up to them being husband and wife. And Steven has taken none of those steps at all. And that's like I said, it comes 
Oh, it just, he drives me so crazy. He says, Jesus had female friends, so it's okay. Jesus turned water into wine. What about that, my guy? How does she let him get away with this? I, no, again, it's not her fault. We don't blame the victim, but like, can someone put him in his place? Give me two minutes with him. That's all I need. <laughs> Cause the like hypocrisy of religion that he like cherry picks and says, Oh, this part is bad and Jesus didn't do this, but this part is okay. Uh, what about the sex you had? I'm pretty sure if I went to God and said, Hey, would you rather me drink wine or have sex? I, I think we know the answer. Okay. It's. See, that's the thing for me, right, is that I just can't get over how much he has said to her, she has to take the faith, she has to do this, they have to live apart, and then meanwhile, he's done all this stuff while they've been an item, while mm-hmm. they've been talking. It's, it's like, if again, this would be already when it was like, previously he had done this, but then he's putting up this facade potentially, I was out on it. But then while they've been together, it's just snaky. And I hate it. Yep. And then he says, we only met for two weeks. Uh, How did you think that we are anything exclusive? I thought you knew that I was dating other people. Yeah, silly Alina. How did you not know that? Come on. And she's over here like this man telling me um about my kids, about our future life together. And apparently he says, yeah, I'm just a talker. And she thought that meant I'm a Prince Charming. What an F boy. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like he did the thing right where, where typically when you're pursuing a relationship and you are you know, doing majority of your conversing and experience of the relationship online, mm-hmm. there is this, you know, kind of facade you put up where everything is larger than life. The the exclamations are larger than like, you mean the world to me. You're perfect. I would do anything for you. And then you come to realize, oh, maybe anything was too too big of a word. Maybe you're not willing to do anything for me. I feel like I'm getting a lot of that with Steven, where he was saying the right stuff online. He 100% was like the knight in shining armor, Mr. Perfect. Yes. And now that they're in person, he's like, well, technically, we had only been together two weeks. Like, yeah, but when you both agreed to move here to get married, it didn't matter if it was two weeks, two days, you've both agreed to it. So you can't change up now. That just doesn't make sense. Ah, just SMH, right? Like he, I do believe that she is five years younger than him, which does, you know, have a lot of power dynamics. I feel like in 20, right? Yes, she's 20. And I personally do believe that causes a lot of just like drama between them because I think he really takes advantage of her. And really, I think, does her dirty. And I I am in shock that she's still with this loser. Like, what a trash bag. Well, it's interesting. So during, was it last week's 90 Day Bears All, I did mention that they had a segment where the both of them were there. And immediately, she, the first thing Sean said was, we're not going to reveal the the result of their relationship mm-hmm. because we want everyone to be along for the ride for 90 Day Fiance the other way. But I will give you this. Um, she was on video call with him and he was in America. So I'm hoping that means what we think it means. I'm hoping they're not God, together. I'm praying. I, Alina deserves better. And 
I just don't see this working out. Now that he's dropped the sex bombshell on her, I just do not know where they're going to go from here. Because again, it feels like he made her jump through a lot of hoops and limitations, which she has done. And Mm -hmm. every hoop or limitation she puts up for him, he's not clearing. Yeah, but then she's like, it's okay. I I, I think if if he deletes his social media, then we'll be fine. That means he can't talk to Masha. I think that's in the next time on. Mm -hmm. So it's, why are you deluding yourself? Yeah, the the next time on is going to have the conversation of looking through the phones and seeing what's what. Mm -hmm. And I think she finds that he's been messaging some some girls through his phone. And again, like, I, you can still be friends with people you've dated. You can still be friends with the, you know, other, other women. That's fine. But now that we know Steven, we know he's shady. Like now yeah. it's different. Now it's completely different. No, everything about him is dirt. Like he does dirt. Yeah. And I cannot believe that we have to like deal with this loser on our screen and him like just playing with this girl's emotions. It's just, it feels so bad. I feel so bad for her. I I genuinely hope she finds happiness away from Mm -hmm. him. Me too. She deserves to live her life. Like she's converting for him. And she even talks about how she misses parties because of him. And she's like, well, I'm not really going to parties, but you know, I loved like getting a little tipsy and having wine, which is so normal at 20 years old. I mean, 20 is like, you know, peak socializing and, right, and experiencing God. the world and you think you're indestructible mm-hmm. and you're out here and <laughs> you're vibing to MGMT at the club and you're like, oh yeah, this is a vibe. This is great. LMFAO comes on and you're like, oh. why are we liking this tune? But okay, yeah, yes. let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's dance. Like that's where you're at. I remember that so clearly. And for her to be on this other side, and not ev- that's not for everybody, right? We we can acknowledge not everyone's about the partying, not everyone's about the dancing. She clearly is. And she's sacrificing this for Steven, sacrificing mm-hmm. it for love, which sacrificing it for love, I respect. I love love, and I know what it takes to, you know, love love and want to do stuff for love. So I fully get that. But then when we meet the recipient of said love and they're not worth it, it's like, can you get a refund on the love and, and go do what you want to do and just live your life? Because you're missing out. And and I don't want her to regret being with Steven because, again, they've not married yet. And I don't think they're going to last. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm personally like, listen, they've been they can be better men out there for you. Don't you know, don't like marry the first guy you date. That's my and, and I know that's bad. Like. There are good guys out there, but still, hey, sometimes like, you meet the one right out the gate. Happy this for isn't you. the one. This ain't yeah. it. This ain't <laughs> it, Chief. I promise no. you. Just the ratchet, the absolute ratchetity of the situation, and like, let me just one day, let me at him. You know, that's what I wish. Because I'll drag. I just have so many questions for him. What a like loser. <laughs> I was gonna say, hopefully, when. Instagram comes back online at some point. We can go find him. And then I just checked and Instagram's back. So yeah, I couldn't understand if it was back or not. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh God. my God. But that, okay. So that brings us to the end of our coverage for the recap of episode six. Sasha, before you get your plugs in, first of all, thank you so much for being here. I really do <laughs> appreciate you. Thanks for having you. me. Um, 
The 90 Day Bears All episode that I'll be talking about later on in this podcast is going to include Angela and Michael. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's going to include Stephanie from Stephanie and Erica. And it's going to include Julia from Brandon and Julia. Oh, and Yara God. is going to be included and Caesar. So this is going to be a messy episode four oh. of 90 Day Bears wow. All. Wow. Wow. I can't wait. That's so exciting. It's going to be great. So, Sasha, let the people know where can they find you? What else do you have going on? Put us on it. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at funsize underscore oh four. And uh, I host a, like Puya said, a love and hip hop rehap up or the love and rehap up where we talk about love and hip hop Atlanta. And honestly, if you love 90 Day Fiance, this is your natural progression. Okay. Because they're messier. They're all has been. Okay, that's mean, but like, they, you know, they're, they're older rappers from when Puya and I were, you know, like we said, vibing in the club when we were Alina's age. So if you love that stuff, if you love mess, you want to watch the show. You love messy moms. We got it all. So, uh, well, the next episode and the last one for the season will be out next week. So check, check that out. I did the first few episodes with Bryce, Chappelle, Mari, Asia, like Puya obviously was on. So we've had the most fire guests is the point. You want to come see that ratchet roller coaster with me. And I also covered Never Have I Ever with Chappelle on Silent Podcast, which the season one, episode 10, the finale will be out tomorrow. So check that out as well over on Silent Podcast. And, and, and I'll tell you this firsthand. Um, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta was not, very fun to watch and talk about. But then in listening to the podcast, I didn't need to watch it. To understand what's exactly. going on because Sasha does an amazing job of setting everything up. Thank you. And, uh, giving you the insight. <laughs> like you have the history down. I still find myself with 90 where I'll be like, Oh, and the backstory for this person, maybe it's this. Let me know. Let me know Twitter if I'm wrong, but you, you have it down, which is perfect. I do appreciate like that. It's sick how much I know about these people. <laughs> like I, you know, I've been watching them for 10 seasons. I'm, I'm, look, I'm very obsessed. Like people are like, Oh, I know all these survivor seasons. Nah, man, put me on love and hip hop. <laughs> I'll tell you everything. <laughs> that's the one. That's the history you got yes, down. Yeah. Exactly I, only. <laughs> I don't even know what show I have that kind of knowledge of. I don't think I have it anymore. I used to, but then, you know, the mind, a lot of things get on it. The yes. hard drive's full, like things get Period. deleted. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're getting older. That's why we're telling Alina, have your fun. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Yeah, remember LMFAO? And I'm sure if someone's gonna be like, dude, what? Yeah, yeah. Sexy and I know it. Yeah. Yes, to that. Yeah. Oh my god, what a time. Um <laughs> for more of my messy. <laughs> I really you can find more of my musings on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream three, four times a week. So if you come through, say hi. Do appreciate that. Um, and the mass singer group B premiered last week. Me and Liana got to get our first impressions in on everybody. It was very fun. The, uh, a rapper actually was unmasked last episode. Mm -hmm. I won't tell you who in case you haven't caught up yet. If you go check it out. And then that about wraps up everything I've got for you here today. I will be back talking about 90 day fiance bears all in about about a minute because I have one more thing I want to say. If you can please leave a rating or review for this podcast, I would really appreciate it. Else we will find the podcast and it allows me to get some feedback as to, uh, you know, what you like about this show. So definitely please do that if you have the time. 
Other than that, I do appreciate y'all listening. You have arrived at your destination on the Hot Mess Express today. Catch you in 20 seconds. Till then, take care. Have a good one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Bears All portion of the coverage here. Very excited to be back here with y'all. It's been too long. Some might say it's been too long. Now, here's the situation. This seemed to be a very busy episode of 90 Day Bears All. A lot was going on. We had, these are the appearances we had on the episode. We had Angela there. We had Michael. We had Stephanie. We had Julia. We had Yara. We had Caesar. It was a lot. Okay. It was a lot. But I also think this was, we're going to get through it pretty quickly. Okay. So we're in this together. Let's go. First of all, I want to let you all know, breaking news are happening now. Um, 90 Day Fiance has announced their second season of The Single Life, which is basically 90 Day Fiance, where they follow a person from the show previously who is now a single person. And they've had a season one. They had Colt on that season. They had Big Ed. It was a whole, they had a bunch of people in that season. Okay. Second season has been announced. Some of the cast members have been announced and you are never going to believe Debbie. That's right. Colt's mom, Debbie is going to be a castmate on this season of the single life. She's going to be doing her own thing. She's going to be trying to find somebody. I cannot believe Debbie's a cast member of, of the show, like a proper cast member doing her. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. So that's happening. All right. In other news, Sinjin of Tanya and Sinjin is also going to be on this season of uh, 90 Days of Single Life. And there are some rumors that maybe Tanya, Sinjin's ex, is also going to be on the show um, doing her own thing. We'll see. Sinjin is definitely confirmed, though, like official, official confirmed. And Stephanie of Stephanie and Erica is also confirmed. Now, we'll get to Stephanie. She was on this episode of 90 Day Bears also. She's kind of the link here. But then, um, like we mentioned before, Natalie of Mike and Natalie has also been rumored to be on, as well as Mike, honestly. But then they did, people found Natalie filming footage um, if in, I want to say, Florida this past year, which they think had to do with 90 Day of the Single Life. But anyway, that was your breaking news portion. Okay, we good. Let's move on. Now, Angela's the first person to to sit down with Stephanie, and of course Angela is. I've not hid this from any of you before. I'll say it again. I don't like Angela. Angela is a very, very, very awful person, in my opinion. And anytime I have to see her, it's very uncomfortable. This was no different. Now, um, they talk about how the last time she was there, it was the tell-all, and they talk about Angela's breasts, of course, because she did, you know, the whole storyline for her last season was her um, surgeries and stuff. And then Angela's like talking about some stuff. Then she like has her, she like opens her, her legs to show something like in the inner thigh region. 
But then they had like they blurred out. They, like I think she showed something because then Sean was like, "Hey, who's on the other camera? Uh, you just got to show." Blah blah blah. It was again. It's Angela being Angela. Okay, don't love it. And then they bring in Michael to the call, and they talk about the flashing from the tell-all. Remember when Angela flashed everybody, us included? Uh, yeah. So Michael thought that was atrocious. Did not like that. And they talked about how Angela got flirty with Chuck at the tell-all, which Angela gets flirty with everyone to get a rise out of Michael. We knew this. She confirms this literally in this interview. Nothing's changed with Angela. And then they're like, ooh, Angela, we've noticed, you know, your daughter posted this video of you at the club before the tell-all. And it was just Angela dancing to music. And then they showed us a video of Angela dancing, doing a TikTok at like a Walmart or something that has, quote, three million views. The cringe is real. Basically, let me tell y'all, if you don't watch 90 Day Bears All, half of it is me cringing. The other half of it is me taking notes to come tell you about it later. It is, it's, it's uncomfortable sometimes. But anyway, the big ticket item here with, with, um, Michael and Angela is that they're going to hook Michael up to a lie detector. Okay. Michael's hooked up to a lie detector. Obviously, Angela thinks he's going to be full of it. He's going to like get caught up, whatever. And they ask him some questions. I'll speed fire a couple of these to you, but basically he had one lie in the entire thing. Okay. So was the clinic the first time you masturbated? It was, that was true. Um, since being married, have you gone to see strippers? No, true. Does the BJ girl still live in your town? No, true. The one lie was at that strip club. Remember when they went for their bachelor bachelorette party? Did you lie about looking at a stripper's butt? He said, no, that was a lie. That's it. And like, that wasn't really a shock to any of us. So this segment, it really felt like they were trying to get something like, Ooh, like, you know, are you, is this a green card marriage? No. Okay, cool. So nothing really happened. They just, again, it's Michael and Angela. You know they're always going to put them in here to try and bump up some views. But I'm here to tell you, as a as someone who's watched them on every single season they've been on, this was, once again, a lackluster. We can move on to the next segment. The next segment involved Julia of Brandon and Julia fame. And Julia's clip, they showed the um her doing the dance audition. That's the clip they chose. And... Angela's still there when they're doing all this. And Julia says that Angela's her 90-day mommy, which, ugh, it's fine. And apparently they've made a close relationship since the reunion, basically. So then the um other conversation here is that, okay, so Julia was in Russia for a month. But Sean asked, hey, when's the last time you were at the farm? She's like, a couple of days ago. So they were at the farm for about four days right after she came back from Russia and that doesn't, that conversation goes nowhere really. Then we get to, um, cause she, actually, you know what? She was asked, what's the worst thing to do at the farm? She was like scooping the dog poop. Okay. And then she, she segued into how Brandon gets DMs from a lot of girls who are like, Hey, we don't mind being at the farm. We'll be with you. And she was like, well, that's pretty annoying. And then she mentioned, but the thing is he gets a lot of, um, dick pics from men. She's like, I, I don't know why, but he, and he doesn't know how to react to it, blah, blah, blah. Then they ask her if she's looking for any, if she's got a job, she's still looking for any job. She doesn't necessarily need dance. 
She's looking for any job. So it sounds like our friend Julia here is like, I'm not really, you know, I don't have to be a dancer. But she mentioned that she saw back the footage of her dancing and felt like she's past her prime in dancing. Her, like, her interpretation, not mine. But that's never going to stop TLC from, or sorry, Discovery Plus at this point, rather, from wheeling out a a wheel with dance moves on it. And then <laughs> they're going to have Angela and um Julia do these dances as they show up on the wheel. Remember, remember when I told you the cringe factor in this show? You're not ready for what I'm about to tell you. They do three dances, okay? And when I tell you, none of these dances look like the dances that were described. I'm not kidding you. By both of them. I'm not even saying by one of them, by both of them. The first one lands on the robot. Again, you can't really mess up the robot. Angela's doing kind of a mime thing. This was actually the best one they both did, okay? Then the second one, it lands on twerk. They twerked. You can't see me. I'm using air quotes. They twerked. And then the last one, Angela kept saying, oh, give me the Dougie. I want the Dougie. I want the Dougie. And clearly, we see Sean Robinson's hand manually put it onto Dougie. And I'm like, okay, Angela, you wanted the Dougie. Do the Dougie. I don't know what she was doing. It wasn't a Dougie. It might have been a David. I have no idea. It 100% wasn't a Dougie. It was very weird that she wanted this dance move and then didn't do it. It was, it was odd. It was, it was, it was a thing. Okay. It was a thing. Anyways, we say bye bye to Angela. Bye bye to Julia. Let's go over to Yara. So now they bring in Yara. Actually, Julia is still going to be there. Okay. But Yara is on video along with Caesar. Now the whole thing with them, the reason they're here together is because uh, allegedly, Jovi's family initially thought that Yara was Caesar's girlfriend. Remember when Caesar was getting scammed and all that? They thought Yara was the scammer of Caesar and was working a sequel with Jovi. Again, Jovi's family thinking Jovi's a prize. Are we shocked? Nope. Anyways, so she mentions that. And then Basically, the whole premise of this is Yara is here to give Yara and Julia are here to give Caesar tips on how to find a Eastern European woman that's right for him. All right, it's fine. But then <laughs> Caesar's like, they're like, uh, Sean's like, okay, well, Caesar, I, I hear you've been, you know, talking to some celebrities. Who's in your DMs right now? And Caesar, with chest, okay, with absolute confidence in the world, is like. Yeah, I've been messaging with Drake. You know, he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, sees like we 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 talk." He saw he sent me merch. And put your hands up if you think Caesar's talking to Drake. That's right. None of you. None of you. Good. We're on the same page. What is this? You can't possibly believe you're messaging with Drake. And I did look it up. Some people have looked in, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's fake Drake." Of course, it's fake Drake. How is? In the world of verified badges, how does he not know which Drake is Drake? Drake is like the biggest artist in the world, arguably. How does Caesar, my man, like Caesar is still getting scammed today, live. And and we thought he learned his lesson when he was on the show. Clearly not. And then there was a whole conversation where he like brought out, because he's, again, he's getting tips on like, what how what to do how to find love and he brings out these like edible 
underwear. You know, like they're like the, um, you know, those candy necklaces that are like crunchy and are like puka shell loops. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they're called. You know, the candy I'm talking about, right? Um, but it's that in the form of underwear. And th- he had these from when he was in that scam relationship. So Sean was like, they're stale. He's like, no, no, they're probably good. Like my guy, you can just buy a new pair. That's fine. It was, I just felt like, you know, the whole time I watched Caesar season, I just felt sad for him. It's good to know some things don't change in life. I still feel so sad for him. It's so sad. It's very sad, y'all. It's very sad. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not laughing at him. It's just, it's sad. <laughs> it's very sad. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Final segment. Let's talk about Stephanie. The newest castaway, the newest castaway of season two of The Single Life, Stephanie, is here. And that this is where they big it up. Like, Single Life's coming back. And the the, sec, the scene, they usually like to bring an entrance scene. The scene they show for to set up Stephanie coming back is the boob molding scene from the, her season with Erica when they went and got their boobs molded. So they talk about that. And then... Um, Stephanie talks about how she's been celibate for the last two and a half years. When asked when's the last time she had sexual relationships, she said it was with her ex-boyfriend from Australia before Erica. So it's, she said she's never had sex with Erica and from before Erica, it was, I was like, why do we need to know these things? Like, or is this going to like, you know, re- relate to whatever we're going to be set up with next, right? We'll find out. You tell me. So then they're like, okay, Stephanie's going to be on the single life. Ah, the crowd goes wild. The crowd goes medium. Then they hit us with an exclusive sneak peek of Stephanie being on the season. And it's Stephanie getting ready to go for a date. And in confessional, she says, and again, kids not be listening to the bears all portion of this coverage. So she says that she realized that when guys have doggy style sex, they can see your butthole and they look at it. So now doggy style is ruined for her. I have questions about why this is very important, but I'm also going to not ask those questions. I'm already upset that I had to relay the message to y'all. So I'm going to move on. Okay. I'm going to move on. Um, but then they announce which date the single life's coming out. It's going to be November 12th. So, so that's in about five weeks, y'all. Five weeks from now, Single Life's coming back. It's going to be on Discovery Plus only. Okay. And I feel, it feels odd because it feels like some of you are still watching the Single Life on TLC. And obviously they put that on during the fall, whereas I've watched it like early spring. So I don't know what the delay is going to be with TLC to Discovery. I do not know yet if I should be covering it or not. Maybe I will do it. I mean, it depends also where we are with the with 90 days the other way. So I'll let you know um, in some way, shape or form. You will hear all about that season and I will talk about it. Maybe I just add it to the segment at the end here and make it like a like a maybe type 30 where no matter what happens, wherever I hit 30 minute. We stop. I don't know yet, y'all. I don't know. But this has already gone 15 minutes and I thought this wasn't a good episode. So look at us. Look at us. Look at us. (laughs) But 
This is probably maybe the last little bit you're going to hear from me here because the last thing that happens is Sean says, Oh, Stephanie, you, we heard you have a song for us. And I thought, yep, they're doing it. It's official. They're going to have someone singing every episode at this point. And you know me, I've got the hookup. I brought you the song. It's a song about Erica. Okay. And we have to at some point figure out how to rank all of the performances on 90 Day Bears Hall. I thought this was pretty poor. It was like two and a half minutes. So I'm obviously not going to give you 150 seconds of this because I appreciate you way too much. I'm going to give you like 30 seconds. Okay. And I, and I picked up when the chorus happens. It's pretty much where I'm going to hit you with. I'm not ready to show you this, but it's better late than never. Let's just do it. This is Stephanie singing about Erica. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of that. Okay. And, and here's the worst part. There's like four instrumentalists on, on the stage. There's a, there's a flautist. There is a violinist. There's a pianist. Like I, I just, I just couldn't believe, I couldn't believe how much work went into this. And there was this line where pizza's her love. I was like, I don't know where you wrote this, but we didn't need this. This could have been not here. This could have been avoided. It's fine. It happened. Now you've heard it. Now we can't unhear it. But anyways, that brings us to the end of the coverage here today. Thank you so much for joining me on the 90 Day Fiance, a.k.a. Hot Mess Express podcast today. I'd really do appreciate y'all. You can find me again on Twitter at Puyaism. Find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream there three times a week. Come say hi. Come through. Appreciate that. And also, if you would like to leave a rating and review for this podcast, please go over to robinswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. I really would appreciate it. Helps people find the show. Gives me feedback. Win, win. All right. Thank you, everybody. I'll see you next week with, all right. Is the coast clear? All right. Only the real ones are here. Okay. Next week, I'll be back with Jacob Jones. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.